Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. These are the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is Danny Gutierrez. How you doing, Sean? I am not bad. I'm tired. I got a sinus infection. It's cold out. It's not fun. Here in Chicago. It's pretty mm. cold. It's not fun. I want to I wanna go take a nap, but I can't do that. <laughs> I had to get up, go to a doctor's appointment early. But now we are going to be talking about MMA. Uh, we got a great card coming up this weekend. We got uh, Dennis Bermudez and Chan Sung Young uh, taking on each other in the fight night uh, main event. We'll be talking about that a little later on in the podcast. Uh, but to recap first... We started this a little bit late because we were trying to go over our picks from last week uh, for the uh, Shevchenko Pena card. And looking back, you know, I picked Shevchenko, you picked Pena. Of course, right. we all thought that she was going to armbar in the second round. I, well, I, I no, think I no, said that specifically. No one suspected. No one suspected that Shevchenko that. would win by armbar. Oh no, I called that. I called armbar. I okay. called second round. You called armbar by, totally. via the striker. Oh yeah, that totally. was that was an amazing armbar delivered by Van, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. And during that fight, it seemed as if Juliana Pena had trouble starting off in that mm-hmm. fight. She was engaging in the clinch a lot, and she was throwing those knees to the body and everything. But Shevchenko kept her poise, kept her cool. And actually got on top a few times by the end of the round. Or was it by the end of the round, Juliana Pena was on top. And then that's what ended that round. And then she ended up on top in the second round again. And then that's when she snuck in that arm bar. And she's got... Uh, Valentina Shevchenko, a lot of people don't realize this, but she's a judo black belt. And you know what also people don't realize? I called it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you picked Masvidal. I picked Cerrone. I you, did. You I there. called that. And I'm very proud of that call. You won that Jorge one. Masvidal stayed in boxing range just like I thought that he would. And Donald... Cowboy Cerrone didn't he didn't utilize the elbows in close range like he should have he's a Muay Thai practitioner he should have utilized those elbows in that clinch but he didn't and Jorge Masvidal took full advantage of that in boxing range and just kept laying that overhand right over and over again to Donald Cerrone and, and the first do you do you think do you believe that it should have been stopped in the first round uh, I think I think Cerrone was out in the first round yeah, but he was I, out I think in his feet in the second round he, he shouldn't he shouldn't be he, he should he shouldn't fight so Back to back. What was six weeks off of the last the, the Matt Brown yeah, fight? Yeah, he's nuts. And he yeah. got dropped in that Brat Brown fight yeah, too. He, it, he he was threatened with a triangle choke. He 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 took too much damage damage in that Brown fight to be fighting six weeks ago. If it was a first round knockout, then maybe I, well, I would be fine with it. Matt Brown's such a dog. Matt yeah. Brown's a monster. But and just running too because the the point I'm trying to make was we don't know who won last week because we got Ninganu. We both picked Ninganu. You right. picked Knight. I picked Caceres. Uh, we I picked a Sun Sal, You picked Aljamain Sterling. But I think I picked Sam Alvey. You're saying you picked Sam Alvey. I, we don't I, know I, who I, picked Sam I Alvey. I said, and I quote, smiling Sam Alvey will be smiling away with a KO victory that night. I don't know who I don't know who I picked. <laughs> and and, the, and only, the only thing that was incorrect about that statement is that Sam Alvey did not KO Nate Marquardt. He won, but he did not. And, and we uploaded. I uploaded SoundCloud. And now it's not on SoundCloud. I tried to go to the the original file on the computer. I can't find the original computer. I think it was deleted. So I don't know where it is. We don't know who won last week. Uh, so we're gonna have to make it up this week when we pick UFC Fight Night Bermudez versus the Korean Zombie. But let's go into the first. A uh, bit of news here. Dana White recently saying on the UFC podcast, uh, I don't know which UFC podcast, it was just a UFC podcast, um, that Ronda Rousey is most likely not going to fight again. And this isn't coming too much of a surprise as me, but what was your reaction when you heard this? I wasn't too surprised by it. Um, she's She's been on kind of the quiet side, especially on your social media. She's maybe posted maybe two or three things since, she's, uh, since her last fight with Amanda Nunez. Um, I'm if her head's in a good place and she's accepting retirement at this point, if re- if retirement is lingering in her psyche, then yeah, she should retire. But if she wants to get back on her high horse, 
leave Edmund Tardverdian's gyms, maybe go, go go overseas and train in Muay Thai in, in Thailand for a while and develop your striking and then accompany that with your judo. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Either, But, I mean, it's Ronda Rousey's done a lot for the sport, and she's made a ton of money. She's made more money than you and me. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. <laughs> easy. I think I'm going to have to pay money on my taxes. That's how little so, I make. So... <laughs> But uh, no, so I, I, I'm not surprised that Ronda's going to hang up the gloves. I think I think Ronda should because just because you've seen her in her well the last fight mainly and, and she just didn't look like herself and there was one thing where uh, Coach Kavanaugh, uh, Connor's coach, tweeted for older fighters don't become the young kids highlight reel and and you know he was tweeting that about Andre Arlovsky getting knocked out by Ninganu and you know you're kind of seeing that. You know, Ronda can't strike with the best of them anymore, and the best of them is like the top ten. And that's saying like Raquel Pennington too. I mean, Raquel Pennington tore up Misha Tate in their last fight, and if she's got good boxing. She outgrappled a grappler, and yeah. that just shows if, you how, how how much the level the, the bar's been risen for uh, female bantamweights. Not just that, but female fighting in general. The and, bar's been risen, and no one's going to dispute that Ronda's. Probably the greatest women's women's mixed martial artist of all time. Oh, of course. I mean, w- what she has done for the sport. I mean, you see, you know, the disparity between NBA and WNBA. You see the disparity just between women's sports and, and men's sports in general. But you know, Ronda kind of leveled it out and was like, "All right, we are girls that are fighting, or we're women that are fighting, and we are going to destroy, and we're going to be just as good as the men, and, and we're here to stay." Yeah, and, and, and we're here. to And stay. if it wasn't for Ronda Rousey, you might not see that. You might see, you know, people whine and 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 groan about, you know, women fighting, but you know, Ronda pretty much made it a mainstay. She was the biggest superstar before Conor started running his mouth. I think it's time for her to retire. You know, you just see that she's kind of losing in the in, in the cage, and you know, again, just not taking this damage in the cage would be better for her health and better for her career because I think she can make it outside of W uh, WMMA, uh, and and I think that you know I completely she's agree. done she's, so she's, much. She's, she's a very she's talented enough. individual. She's yeah. a very talented individual. So and plus, she doesn't. She could probably retire, not do anything, and and, and just live, Relax. live off the money that she's always got. So <laughs> forever. Yeah, Ronda's a superstar. And, and, and catch Pokemon and watch Dragon Ball Z because yeah. I know that's something that she'd love to do. So I think I think it, I think it's perfect that she is retiring. I, she should be at least retiring, and I think uh, I think it's fair to say that. But we talked enough about Ronda Rousey, and you know it's kind of a slow news time. You know, you know Connor's just saying f the US, UFC. That's probably the biggest other news that we're, we're talking about. He but, wants to box Floyd, and Dana White came out and said that that would no be an epic cares. fall. No one can. No, I, I don't care. I don't. Why? I don't want to see Floyd or Connor fight in the boxing ring either. I think that they should stay in their respected sports. I think Floyd should stay retired. There's boxers like Adrian Broner that are calling out Floyd Mayweather. And this is after Floyd Mayweather has since retired. So, well, do you know I, why? I, 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 it's more money. It's more money. It's pub. It's publicity. You have to ask why. Why would Floyd want to do this? It's because it's an easy paycheck. Yeah. No disrespect to Connor. I love Connor. Connor's one of my favorite fighters. It's him, Habib, and uh, and Dominic Cruz that are my favorite but fighters. Floyd's a master at boxing. Floyd is the one of the greatest boxers of all time. Floyd's a master at boxing. Like, Connor's such a good Floyd uh, mix, is mixed martial arts a master because, at boxing. But, but Connor McGregor's a, got a very good left hand. But he's but he's a good MMA boxer. Yes, he is because because he's very he can good use MMA that speed compared you know using it with the clinch, using it with his uh, kicks, using he, it with he utilizes with movement, distance and timing very well, and he's got those fast twitch muscles, and it makes that knockout power and that technique so much more devastating. Floyd would smoke him. 
Floyd would totally smoke him, and, and it, it's a pointless story, and I think it should remain a pointless story. Floyd, Floyd's an artist. <laughs> Floyd is an artist when it comes to the art of boxing. And Floyd's a smart moneymaker, and he'll yes, make he a ton of money off that fight. He's a smart businessman, too. So. It's an easy paycheck. But let's move on now to UFC Fight Night. Bermudez versus Chan Chun Young uh, happening in Houston the day before the Super Bowl on FS1. The first fight. But you gonna... guys would rather watch the fights, right? Well, they don't have to pick. Right. One's on Saturday, one's on Sunday. Oh, okay. They don't have to pick. As, right. as, a, as a football and MMA fan, <laughs> I am so glad that I don't have to pick. Uh, but we're going to start off first. Uh, the only fight we're going to be talking about on the prelim card, it's uh, the women's strawweight fight, Tisha Torres versus Beck Rawlings. Beck Rawlings just got knocked out by Paige Van Zandt uh, with that crazy... It's uh, devastating. Yeah, with that crazy switch kick. Uh, it's going to be interesting how she bounces back. And then uh, Tisha Torres... Uh, making her return since her loss uh, against Rose Nami Yunus back in April of 2016. So looking at this fight, who you got, Danny? I got Tisha Torres, mainly because she's disciplined. Beck Rowlings is a very tough fighter, but she's wild. And that wild style is what gets you caught, kind of like what it did in the Paige Van Zandt fight. Actually, I take that back. In the Paige Van Zandt fight, she kind of held back a little bit. She was a little bit tentative, and that's how she got caught with a kick. But Uh before that, she was... Somewhat undisciplined, and she was very, she, like I said, she was very wild, and she's a get-in-your-face type of fighter, and she'll always utilize the clinch in the cage and dirty box and try to take you down. Like, she's a mauler. She's a brawler, but I'm picking Tisha Torres in this fight just because she's 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 the better tactician. She's better technically. She's got better wrestling, so I'm picking Tisha Torres. All around the better fight, fighter is Tisha Torres. I don't think Beck Rowling's can upset her. This isn't one where it's going to be like a, a Michael Bisping or or uh, Luke Rockhold, where Bisping catches him and, and knocks him out. I don't see that power uh, from Beck Rawlings. I don't really see that that ability to do that, to get that one-punch knockout. Well, she's I think. got power in her hands, but, but she's got but to set it up, though. Yeah, and that's the thing. She's got to set it up, and she's got to use that power and precision to get, set up with to get something like a one-punch knockout like that against Tisha Torres. I think Tisha Torres is going to smoke her. But let's move on now to the main card. Uh, another women's strawweight fight, and this one I'm really excited for because possibly my favorite female fighter, uh, Jessica Andrade, is taking on Angela Hill, the current Invicta strawweight champion. This is going to be an interesting fight. It is going to be an interesting fight. This is the return of Angela Hill, actually, and she Mm -hmm. was on The Ultimate Fighter. A lot of people don't know that Angela Hill is actually 16-0 in kickboxing. She's a very talented striker. She's very long. She's lean. She's quick. She's very accurate with her strikes, too. Jessica Andrade, though, is a monstrous bulldog at 115 pounds in the women's strawweight division. She's got really good Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and she's got heavy hands, and she's undefeated in this weight class so far. We're going to see how she pairs up against Angela Hill, who's got a lot of confidence coming into this fight, being at that champion, because she's also a championship-level uh, MMA fighter as well as championship-level mm-hmm. kickboxer. So that championship-level experience is there, but she's had a rough start in the UFC, so she had to kind of re- relaunch her career in Invicta, rather. This is very much a striker-versus-grappler fight, though, because Jessica, you got Jessica Andrade, who's short and stocky, very rarely kicks, likes to utilize a lot of punches, kind of like John Lineker with all mm-hmm. that power and might. And she's very powerful in the clinch. She's got very, she's got a very good top game. Like a, she's a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so she's constantly learning. And Angela Hill, Angela Hill like likes to strike. Like I said, she likes to utilize that space and create that distance and move around a lot. This is going to be a very tough pick for me, but I'm going to pick Jessica Andrade simply because of the fact that she's been in there with other strawweights, so she knows how to kind of how to how to how to expand her mm-hmm. energy throughout a three-round fight. 
Angela Hill has to understand that this will not be a five-round championship fight, that she's got to put the pedal to the metal, and I, I'm very excited to see this fight in particular. I want to see how Jessica Andrade comes out. One thing that plays out well for Angela Hill is the past two losses for Jessica Andrade have been by submission, both, both to uh, one, one to uh, Renau and one to Pennington. So both of her, you know, her last two losses were by submission. So if Angela Hill does take it to the ground, she might have an opening on the ground. But you look at Andrade, Angela Hill's losses are by submission you, as well. Yeah, well, one was Rose Namajunas who was submitting everybody when and she she's first a started. Yeah, but the thing with Andrade is, I think she'll be able to stop the takedowns because you look at her with this move to strawweight, and she's just so built. She's, yeah, she's just she's stocky. Cut. And and Andrade can you know she can use that that body that she does have and, and to stop takedowns and then obviously she can keep it on the feet and I think she's gonna just mow through Angela Hill I think Angela Hill does have a future in the UFC without a doubt but I think it's just you're going up against uh, a person who's going to pretty much if she wins this fight going there's to no fight easy for fights the, here in the UFC and, but even this I mean Andrade I mean if she wins this fight she's most likely gonna fight uh, right. Joanna John Jacek for the for the championship. So I, I think that you know it's not an easy fight back for Angela Hill, and I think I think Andrade with with her performance against Penny and Joanna Caldor would I think she's just going to mow through uh, Angela Hill. But let's now move away from that fight. We're both picking Andrade. We're both picking Tisha Torres. Let's go to the light heavyweight fight. We're going to skip over the heavyweight fight. Uh, we got OSP taking on Volkan Ozdemir. Volkan Cousin Ozdemir from Sweden. I am hoping I or Switzerland, per- excuse me, not Sweden, Switzerland. I'm hoping I'm, I'm pronouncing it right. But who you got in this one? OSP or Ozdemir? This is a tough one because Volkan Ozdemir, he's actually a really good striker, and he's 12 and one in his MMA fight. Not a lot of information comes up when I did my research for him, but he's 12 and one. He's got a pretty good record, and he's a really good striker. Most of his most of his fights have come by way of knockout. So, and OSP is coming off of a very devastating knockout to Jimmy Manoa, yeah. and he was the favorite going into the fight. This is his second loss in a row, the first loss being the, the greatest light heavyweight ever, possibly pound for pound ever, John Jones, and he went five rounds with him. He had a lot of confidence going into the Jimmy Manoa fight, but Jimmy Manoa can is a devastating striker at light heavyweight, and he can crack. He could just, if, if he lays his glove on you, it's good night lights out so osp's really got it osp's really got to step up his game here he's got to utilize his wrestling fight smart and throw combinations and stay on the outside against the shorter stockier volkan ozdemir but that being said i think the newcomer volkan ozdemir is going to get it done i really do believe that he's going to rise rise to the occasion in his uh excuse me, in his UFC debut here. So I'm picking the underdog. I'm going to go with Volkan Cousin Ozdemir. See, I agree with everything you're saying. I think you're 100% right. But just because we picked two same fights in a row, (laughs) I'm going to pick OSP. There's no reason. OSP has not looked the same since that John Jones fight. He got lit up by Manuel. I don't think, I I, I don't know if there was an injury in those two fights, but he just not has not looked the same since that early run he had where he beat Shogun. And even then, I mean, Beating Shogun like he did, now it looks less impressive because, you know, obviously Shogun is is on the twilight of his career. Obviously one of the best fighters of all time. A but, legend. But but he is he is on the, the you know, outskirt of his career. He's not near that light heavyweight championship, uh, light heavyweight champion that he was. Uh, I, you know, I don't see any really wins that really stand out. And, and that's the thing is I, I just, I think that... OSP is going to kind of fall off here, and and I think we're kind of seeing the the downcline, uh, the the kind of not downcline, but that's not a word, but the the decline of his career. And I think I think Ozdemir will have a chance to win it, but I'm gonna pick OSP 
just because I need to go against you. So <laughs> let's now move to the next fight. All right, Sean. The lightweight fight, James Vick versus Abel Trujillo. 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 Yes, sir. Thank you for the uh, the Hispanic flair there. Uh, <laughs> who do you got in this one? This is a tough fight to call again. All these fights are tough to call, but I love these two lightweights. I, sp- I particularly love this lightweight fight. James Vick is another alum on The Ultimate Fighter. He's a very good boxer. He's very tall and very long to be a lightweight. He's extremely big for the lightweight division. He's also coming off of a loss. He's coming off of a knockout loss to Benil Dariush, who's one of the best lightweights in the division today mm-hmm. in the UFC. Um, Abel Trujillo's got... He's short, he's stocky, he's got dynamite in his hands, he's got very good wrestling, and he's very strong, too. He's very physically strong. It's going to be a tough fight to call, but I'm picking James Vick just because of the fact that he's long. Hopefully he'll he'll learn from his his past fight with Benio Dariush and stay on the outside and utilize your range and not get knocked out by Abel Trujillo because Abel Trujillo can crack. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Trujillo. I, I just I see what happened against Benil Dariush uh, with James Vick at uh, UFC 199, and I I look at Trujillo's record. I look at Trujillo's uh, ability to crack, like you said, uh, and and his ability just to fight in general. I mean, his last two losses. Look at who they're against: Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov, two guys of the best are, lightweights in the world. Guys who are fight for, for the interim. Guys who are fighting for the interim lightweight title, and and you know, I, I just think that Trujillo. With, with three straight wins, with, with having that momentum, with having the ability to strike, with James Vick being more of a guy that does like to fight on the ground, if if Trujillo can keep that fight standing, then I think it's going to be able to uh, you know favor Trujillo here, and I think that Trujillo will get the win. And this isn't like me you know, just picking against you to pick against you. I, I think Trujillo will be able to get the win because James Vick, while he has gotten wins in the OC, he just hasn't looked really impressive. You know, I it, right. there's nothing that's standing out there where you look at Trujillo's ability. Well, this to could be his coming out party. Hey, maybe it could be. We'll I know see. I haven't had a coming out party in the UFC, so I can't really call <laughs> UFC fighters uh, who have made it there. Uh, but I'm going to go Trujillo. You're going Vic. Let's now move to the co-main event, the women's strawweight fight between Alexa Grasso and Felice Herrig. Who you got in this one? The young Alexa Grasso, the newcomer Alexa Grasso, coming up and fighting Felice Herrig, who's been here for a very long time. Not a very long time, but Felice Herrig actually been she's been on this she weird... was on the first U- ultimate fighter right for the women's yes, yes she was she was actually standout and or at she's... least for the the strawweight division yes yeah. yes and she was she's also a very well-versed kickboxer who's transitioned in mma very well but she's been inconsistent with her record i mean you look at her record she maybe has I mean, two wins and two losses she's just about even and she's only fought maybe once a year from 2013, mm-hmm. 14, 15, 16, and 17. That's exactly it's, it. She's been fighting once a year. She's been plagued with injuries. It's She's kind of been inconsistent, whereas, as a, whereas Alexa Grasso, excuse me, <laughs> is young, hungry, up and coming. Um, she's making her UFC debut. I'm going to pick Alexa Grasso. I, I want to pick Alexa Grasso. Uh, and, you know, her her last fight against Heather Joe Clark, someone who uh, Felice Herrig has now beaten twice. It's not her UFC debut. I'm sorry. Yeah, she beat, beat Heather Joe Clark in her, in her last fight uh, on November 5th uh, for the Latin American finale. Uh, and, and Grasso looked phenomenal. She looked great in that fight. Um, and I want to pick her, and I think I will. But the one thing about Herrig is she does have experience. Yeah, she a- does. And, you know, obviously she's dealt with, with um with injuries, she's dealt with, with with just you know not really being that great of a fighter, losing to Tisha Torres, losing to Paige Anzet, uh losing on the Ultimate Fighter to uh, Random Marcos. Uh, you know she hasn't been able to really wow me in any of your any of her fights. Uh, but there, there's one thing that you know having experience like this 
it does mean a lot. And, it and, does. And, you know, obviously, Gresso, you know, with how young she is, she might be scared by those lights. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm going to pick Grissel, though, just because I do have uh, you know, faith in her abilities, and I think she is the better fighter, and I think that hopefully her her, her camp and really the, the people around her will be able to settle her down and get her into the right set, state of mind to get a win here. And she does seem very determined. You know, When you, when you see interviews uh, with her from MMA fighting, you see that she is very composed. You know, She's dropping out of school to just you know put this all towards fighting. So I think Grissel's going to be motivated enough to get past the the uh, early rounds. I think she'll kind of start a little bit slow, but I think at the second and third, she'll be able to turn it on. I don't know if she'll be able to finish uh, Felice Herrig, but I think Felice the, Herrig you know, is tough. I think I think she'll at least be able to get the victory here. Probably going 29-28, unanimous de- decision here for Alexa Grassell. <laughs> Let's we'll move see. on to the main event, the uh, the featherweight fight. We got Dennis Bermudez and the return, the return of the Korean two Zombie. Two years Two long years. Welcome back, the Korean zombie Chang Sung Jung. How have you been, brother? Dennis Bermudez He's not gonna is answer. awesome. Dennis Bermudez, this is a very awesome main event. This is a very good main event. He's, I know he's not going to well, answer. Well, it's really been like a, it's, it's been three and a half years. Three and a half years. Because his last great... fight was August 3rd, 2013 against Aldo. Aldo, and that was a very competitive fight, too, until yeah. he threw the overhand right and blew out his shoulder, or dislocated his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then Aldo just jumped on, John, jumped on him, excuse me, and then finished the fight. That was a very disappointing loss, and I was very upset that Chang Sung Jung had to go serve the military, leaving that as his yeah. last fight. Because that was a very competitive fight, because mm-hmm. he was actually doing a very good job against uh, Jose Aldo, who was the champion at the time, who still is the champion. Um, I mean, he lost it at one point. Right, but he he's now the official champion yeah. again, once again. It's going to be it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting fight to watch. Dennis Bermudez is very durable, but he's been cracked against guys like Jeremy Stevens. But that's just because Jeremy Stevens is is is, is a knockout artist himself. Uh, Dennis Bermudez has got very good uh, boxing. He's got heavy hands. He's got good mo- uh, fluid movement actually to uh, for a short, stocky featherweight, and he's got very good wrestling as well. He's very powerful in the clinch. He likes to utilize that cage as a weapon to kind of push you up, uh, push you up against it, get your muscles tired out and suffocate you. That way, he could take you down easily, ground and pound you out, or look for a submission. Uh, Chang Sung Jung, though, is a black belt in Taekwondo. He's also a black belt in Judo. Chang Sung Jung has experience. He's coming. He's coming back from uh, his South Korean military services. This is going to be a very tough fight to call. But Chan Sung Jung, where's his head at in this fight? How is he going to bounce back? Um, is he? What's he going to be? How is he going to look when he comes out? Uh, has he been working on his striking? Has he been working on his grappling? What exactly has he been working on? Has the training in the military actually served him a good purpose in this fight? We're going to see how all, this, all these questions play out. We're going to see how all this plays out for Chang Sung Jung. I'm picking. I am picking Chang Sung Jung in this fight. See, I I think Chang Sung Jung is the better fighter. I I think we'll, he's more well rounded. Well, he's got good kickboxing. He's got good chokes. He's got good, good Brazilian jiu jitsu. He's good in the yeah, clinch. Yeah, at least what we've seen in his in his UFC career, I think that he is the better fighter. However, it's been three and a half years since he stepped in the cage. Three and a half years of ring rust. Three and a half years of not being in the UFC, not being you know up against a guy who's not sparring against. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a competition now, 
And while I, I think Chance Sung Young will still have a career in the UFC, I mean, he's only 29, I believe. He'll still have a career in the UFC. He'll still be able to get back on the winning side. Young. He's, in, just, his, he's in his athletic pr- uh, prime right now. Yeah, I just I just look at Dennis Bermunas, though, and, and a guy who fought two times in the last year since, I mean, really since uh, Chance Sung Young left, he's fought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. I mean, this is a guy who's you know well-experienced, well-versed, and I just think that this is a tough fight to come back to. Is a tough fight to take out of not fighting for so long and then putting yourself in the UFC. That's why I'm picking Bermudas. I just think that Bermudas will be will. I think his strategy will be put the pressure on early and make you know Chance Young just fade out in the second and third round and and tire him out and try to knock him out. And I think I think Bermudas will be able to do that just because Bermudas is so fresh. He has been fighting for such a, a consistent amount of time and this two fight win streak. He does have a lot of confidence. I think Bermudas will be motivated. And I think that he's just going to be in the right fighting mindset where Chan Sung Young won't be. And I agree with you, but I disagree with Chan Sung Young not being in the right mindset because I would actually like to know how his combatives training helped but him out. we don't know. Helped him out for this fight. We don't I, know. I know Dennis Bermudas just find... kicked some butt. <laughs> we're not going to know until we see it, and we are going to find out on Saturday. So we'll see. I'm picking Chan Sung Jung. Another thing is, too, is that Chan Sung Jung at one point in time, he's, he's a wild man. He's known for that crazy fight with uh, Leonard Garcia. He's had really good fights with Nam Fan. He, he beat up uh, Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Like, mm-hmm. he's got some really good fights under his belt himself. Only other guy to get a twister so, in the UFC, too. Yep. That, so. that, too. So, he's got a lot of pride coming into this fight. He's yeah, he's actually done a lot for the sport of mixed martial arts. The first guy to pull off a twister in the UFC? I mean, come on. Well, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to take away from the Korean zombie. He's the Korean zombie. He's awesome. I mean, that, that fight against Aldo was, was amazing. I just don't think he's going to get a win. I think that's the only thing. I, and I'm <laughs> In the business of being right, so that's why I'm picking Bermudas. Uh, let's go over the fight card real quick. Just, just give out our I'm picks in the one more time. Of truth, and that's why I'm picking Chan get Sung Jung. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been picking main events uh, on point recently, but uh, I'm picking Bermudas. You're picking Chan Sung Jung. Uh, we're both picking Grasso. I'm picking Abel Trujillo against James Vick. You're picking James. I'm Vick. picking James Vick. Uh, I'm picking OSP because you forced me to. You're picking Volkan <laughs> Ozdemir. Uh, I'm picking Andrade, you're picking Andrade, and we're both picking Tisha Torres. We will remember this, and hopefully this file doesn't get deleted, because these have been in the MMA Minutes. I'm Sean Anderson, joined by Danny Gutierrez. Thank you so much for listening. Thank if you, you are guys listening. so much. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. We really hope you enjoy the fights tomorrow. And uh, also, Danny, real quick, uh, who you got in the who you got in the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl? Um, Patriots. You are a smart man. <laughs> this is why I do a podcast with you. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.